All right, everyone. Welcome back to Behavior Buff. I have two really special guests with me today. Their names are Chrissy and Dan, and I'll tell you a little bit about them. Chrissy is an educator. She is obviously a wife to Dan and the mother of two. She was a former middle school math educator who recently left her nine-to-five job at an educational nonprofit to build her own business supporting middle school math teachers who work in under-resourced schools. Dan was a former draftsman project manager in the architectural field, and together with Dan, they aspire to be conscious parents who create a joyful and loving home where every family member works together, is encouraged to be themselves and express their feelings and takes responsibility for their actions. They love to be in the outdoors, go on bike rides, family adventures, and definitely the beach in the summer. Recently, through COVID, they've been working together and parenting side-by-side as well as working on their own business. So, awesome, Christy and Dan. I'm super excited to have you guys here. Thanks. We're excited <laughs> to be here. Yep. Awesome. So, uh, Chrissy and Dan, tell, us, uh, tell me and our listeners a little bit about your kids. Sure. Uh, our oldest is uh, our daughter, Liviana. Uh, we call her Livy. She's five and a half years old. Uh, she's creative and imaginative. She knows what she wants. She has a very strong vision and is highly perceptive and articulate. I love that. And Otto was four. Um, I would describe him as being really generous, affectionate. He's a passionate little man, um, and he has a great sense of humor. Both of them are extremely high energy and full of their own ideas. I can seriously understand that. And sometimes kids like feed off of each other during those high energy times. So it's probably been a little bit wild at your house during this COVID. (laughs) It's been Um, an adventure. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of your biggest challenges? I'm going to backtrack here for just a minute here for our listeners. So, uh, Dan and Chrissy worked one-on-one with Tyler and I just through some parenting tactics. And why don't you give our listeners a little bit about what the challenges you were experiencing before you kind of worked with us? Sure. I think the best way to describe it is in a nutshell is that our family, it just felt like we were not working as a team. Dan and I had one vision of how we wanted things to go, you know, morning routines or evening Um, And the kids had their own idea of how it should go. And so we found ourselves repeating directions, repeating ourselves, getting frustrated. Oftentimes we'd end up yelling at the kids and then immediately regretting that. Um, A lot of the time, the energy in our house just felt like really tense and heavy. And we wanted it to feel happy and joyful. Um, So that kind of made us sad. And then it just just honestly just felt like everyday tasks felt like a chore. And I found myself feeling anxious when it was time to try and get the kids to transition. So I would feel that in my stomach and my chest, like leading up to some kind of, um, you know, bedtime or morning or or mealtime or something like that. Yeah. Leaving the house. Yeah. 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 I, I hated being by myself. If I knew there was a Saturday where Dan was busy, I would kind of have anxiety leading up to that. Um, because with both kids, it would inevitably just go south at some point. And I felt like I did not know what to do to keep things calm, including keeping myself calm. So it, I mean, it felt kind of miserable, to be honest. And do you want to say anything else? No. 
not a whole lot. You, you covered most of it. it. Yeah, we were not. Bottom line is our family was not really working as a team very well. Yeah, I can totally. I totally, you know, understand that. And seriously, you guys, you probably know this. Like, I still feel that sometimes. Like, I still feel that way sometimes. It's just not, it's probably not as much. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that completely feel that way right now. Like, they're probably listening to you guys talk, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then what were some of the biggest obstacles? Like when you think about all the things that were frustrating to you or giving you anxiety, what were some of the biggest obstacles that you wanted to get over and that you were like your biggest pain points that you wanted help with going into it? Yeah, I'd say that the, the first thing that comes to my mind as far as the, far as the challenges, uh, number one was probably getting the kids to cooperate and follow directions the first time. Uh, it was exhausting and frustrating for both of us to feel like we had to give directions over and over and over again, just to do some simple little thing like get dressed in the morning or get out of the door on time to get to school, getting ready for bed, all that stuff that Chrissy was mentioning. Um, and there was, you know, along with just not following the directions and us getting exhausted and tired from having to repeat ourselves, there would always inevitably there's the crying and whining screaming and tantruming that would would ensue uh, after all of us had reached our breaking point so that that was definitely the biggest and it obviously there's that's still an ongoing challenge for us but that at the time we were really pulling our hair out over that one yeah yeah for sure i'm just like listening to you talk right now dan and i'm like i can think of 20 people right now that express those exact same things that you are talking about seriously um and then So transitioning, we kind of, you know, met with you, you kind of talked over all of these things that were going on. And um, I think that the biggest thing that a lot of people take away is that they think that it's their kids with the issue. And a lot of times it's how we are responding to the issue because like Tyler says, I'm going to channel him, like, what is the function of the behavior? Are they trying to get out of something are they being told no are they wanting to are they being told to do something that they don't want to do and just realizing that oh behavior is just behavior and it can be shaped it's just having the right tools in place to shape the behavior which is kind of transitioning into how did working with Tyler go and then if you want to tell everybody kind of how the timeline and how it worked out Chrissy if you want to sure yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, the one-on-one coaching was a godsend. So let's just get that on the table. <laughs> get that out right away. <laughs> we had read, Dan and I both had read several books about parenting. Like I would find these books and then we would almost do like a book club between us about how to get your kids to listen. Um, but we had trouble staying consistent with those approaches because they were always like complicated or took a lot of energy. Um, for example, like I love the ideas in the book, how to talk so little kids will listen. But one of the strategies, you know, they are always like turning something into a game or making inanimate objects talk or something like that. And like, there were just some times in the morning, you know, before I'd had my coffee, like I didn't want to make the sock talk in order to have my kids <laughs> put it on. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that's great. But we need something that's going to work like no matter what you know even even if we just give a straight up direction like we just want them to listen and do it um 
so on the first call when we went with you guys, you know, we, you asked about our kids and we shared about them and kind of what was going on in our house and some of the biggest challenges. I know we shared some of the things we'd tried in the past um, and how those had worked or, or not worked and also kind of set a vision for how we wanted our house to function. Um, I found that first call very therapeutic because we were able to just say everything out loud and even just voicing it released like some of our frustration, I think. And then um, hearing your response, it was so validating. Like you guys just, you heard us, you felt our strong struggle, um, weren't judging us, you know, and let us know that you're going to be able to help us. <laughs> and then I remember that Tyler shared some knowledge with us, like right away, even in that first call that helped us understand why we were experiencing some of the things that we were. And, um, and then he shared some suggestions about how to get started. So I remember leaving that first conversation feeling really hopeful that things were going to get better with your help. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I remember meeting, I remember, well, Chrissy and I had known each other um, prior to, you know, working with you guys. So it was kind of, it's always interesting to see how couples work together. And like, you guys definitely have your kids in like your best interests. Like you just want, like you said, like you want everybody to be in harmony. You want to be on the same team. And you could definitely feel that I think right away when we first met, you're like, ultimately we just want our kids to listen and we want us to be able to leave for the grocery store and everybody be on the same page. And I'm not yelling and not have anxiety anymore because you just want your kids to listen and you want everybody to have a good time. That's what I definitely took away from it for sure. Um, so then after the call, kind of what happens after that? Yeah, so after that initial call, uh, Tyler sent a follow-up email summarizing our conversation and, uh, you know, some of the next steps that uh, we should do to move into action right away. And we had a family meeting where we created the Allison family agreements together, all, all four of us, the kids included, and it's still hanging on our wall in the hallway and we refer to it very often. Uh, the kids helped, you know, they got some buy-in because they helped create some of the agreements on the list. So and, and again, at Tyler's suggestion. So that, that was uh, the first step and it, we found it really helpful. And can you, uh, then we, can mm -hmm. I interrupt Dan? Can you think of one um, off the top of your head? What Livy or Otto put on there? Um, I think that they, they definitely, yeah, I'm trying, racking my brain at the moment. I think uh, they came up with follow directions the first time, every time. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was their language. <laughs> that's awesome. Was it their language? It might have been. Uh, yeah. I also think that there was something, they had some input on the, um, some of the, the feelings, feeling stuff. Like when oh, we, yeah. we had talked about like expressing feelings responsibly and, you know, we learned to calm ourselves down. Some of that was, was language that they had given, were repeating back to us because it's something that we'd worked on our, you know, in our household prior yeah. was expressing feelings responsibly uh, is a big thing with us. So yeah, they did, they did come up with that one, not entirely on their own, but it was, it got on the list because of their. So you think they don't listen, but really they repeated yeah. back. Yes. Oh, they listen. Oh, they're listening. They're absorbing. They're just, it's, you know, yeah. as parents, we say, my kids don't listen to me, which is nonsense. They listen to every single word. It's they just, they have to push buttons to know where the lines are. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I just had to know if there was anything, you know, funny on your family expectations. There was a, a family that we worked with and I think I've told you the story before, but their five-year-old daughter who was a little bit quieter and a busy family of three kids, she said, I need to say something. Nobody steps on my Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was so funny when we had our second meeting and she told us that I was like, you know what? That's on your family expectations. She's sick of her older brother stepping on her Barbies and being King Kong and whatever else to him. She wanted that on there. So fine. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I know. I'm drawing a blank right now. I, like, we, sometimes it feels like we have them memorized, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's One of them is every family member sleeps in their own bed every night, all night. Yeah. <laughs> but that was us. We put that one on there. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Not, not a co-sleeping family <laughs> by design. We, we are not either. And you know what? If people do that, hey, that's their sleep pattern and their choice. Not our choice. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Just for <laughs> yeah. us, we knew that we, that wasn't going to work for us. We wanted yeah. it to be clear to the kids. I would be, it'd be funny to hear back what my kids say, because I say that mom and dad's bed is our sanctuary. And it's going to be really <laughs> funny if they someday say that to their friends. Oh, we can't sleep on my mom and dad's bed. That's their sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Um, so then after, you know, the first time you did the family expectations, the family agreements, people went on. And then each week we kind of met for 30 to 45 minutes on a Zoom call. And we did that every um, week for six weeks, I think we met for. And then I know that I'll just transition into Tyler kind of uh, made sure we started with some successes. And I feel like, like that's a really big part in a lot of our calls or if you do Tyler and I's course is really realizing that there really are bright spots throughout your week. It's just so hard to, you know, remember them or start with them because you're like, Oh my gosh, like it was so traumatic in the grocery store. They threw a huge fit. So-and-so wouldn't get their jacket on. We went to daycare with no boots on because he wouldn't put them on. But really it's probably in my mind, it's kind of nice to hear you or other families talk about, you know, their bright spots from the week because then you're trying to shift and that's a really good point to shift your mindset into finding the positive. Yeah. And it really aligns with just the whole philosophy, I think, behind the expectations and the, just the whole be, the behavior change plan is to find like what's working well and positive reinforcement. So even with us as parents, like to be able to find what worked and even just take that moment to reflect on it and identify it, it kind of helps you then go into the next week more conscious of, oh, let me do that more because those were the things that led to success. You know, yeah. I think yeah. as parents, we can tend to focus on those moments that didn't go so well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So Dan, I have a question for you. Were you on board right away when Chrissy was like, Hey, let's, let's like have this chat or work with, you know, Hillary and Tyler, were you on board right away? You think, or were you like Chrissy, another crazy online course idea or. <laughs> um, not exactly. I wouldn't say I was, I wasn't as on board as she was, yeah. but, um, you know, our goals are enough, uh, are lined well enough with each other. We both want the same things for our family, but I guess I can be a little more, uh, I'm more of the stubborn one. Chrissy's yeah. more the open to new ideas. Hey, let, she's the experimenter. Let's try this. Or and, and if it's not working, let's move and try this other thing. Whereas I'll sort of just, I'll plot along a little bit slower and it, it takes me a little bit longer to, to, sh 
make a shift or a change at times. So she's, she's good for me in that way that she kind of can drag me out of the ruts that I can get into so that uh, we can hopefully, you know, hit upon a solution that will work for, for all of us. And, and certainly, you know, doing those meetings with, with Tyler and you, uh, proved to be ex- extremely helpful. So, you know, yeah, I was a little bit slower to, to buy in, but uh, as the weeks went on and as we were getting positive results um, in b- the behavior from our kids and, and for our own uh, well-being as, as their parents, uh, it started making more and more sense to me and, yeah. I, you know, kind of seeing the light, I guess you could say. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to make sure, um, I, I did want to ask that because a lot of times we, like I have friends that listen to the podcast or there, our audience is a little bit more females. And a lot of times they get like, oh, my husband won't buy into this or, oh, he, he'll kind of be like, well, we can figure this out on our own. So I just wanted a, um, a dad's perspective on it, on what you thought. And, you know, as long as you guys are on the same team, which you always are, and you're always working on your own self-development and reading parenting books yourself, I love that you were open to it, but not as open to it as Chrissy. But after results started to follow, then you were like, all right, this is all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then after we completed, you know, six weeks together, you know, everything was, I feel like going pretty good, but we did yep. reconnect a couple months later because you guys started to just struggle just a little bit. Um, maybe with your son's behavior, just a little bit, if you feel comfortable enough, do you want to let us know a little bit, just explain it maybe a little bit more to our listeners about what you struggled with and then the plan of action that we had just a, just that one time call for a minute. Yeah. So like you said, things were going really well um, in the fall and I'd say we were kind of like on a family high. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. <laughs> the pendulum had kind of swung and like, instead of, you know, the majority of our time together feeling like it was a struggle, it was like the opposite and the, the time together felt really good, you know, and things were like flowing and Dan and I felt, positive and just as a family we were laughing together having fun you know playing all those kinds of things um less tantrums yeah less tantrums and just yeah it was just so much better I even took the kids um to visit my parents and family for a weekend by myself which I had never done before even though let's see they were like three and four at the time which is like a little embarrassing to admit but it, it just and I, you know, brought my sticker chart along with me in my purse. It was, it was great. So I love confidence. <laughs> I want to hit on the point. Chrissy, I remember sent me a picture and her sticker chart was like on this little tiny piece of paper. And like, <laughs> it's amazing that that worked. It was like so small. It was like <laughs> on my sticker chart. And I feel like it was on like a, like a fourth of a sticky note. <laughs> <or something. laughs> I had to sit it in the purse. But I was like, it worked. <laughs> Whatever works. I, only, yeah. I made one just for the weekend. I made like a Saturday, Sunday one, you know. And Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. But we, I just wanted, like, we felt so, I felt so confident. And I, I don't want to speak for you, Dan, but I feel like it, one of the biggest things besides the behavior changing and our behavior changing, you know, was just like our confidence too. Um, but then in December, we did have a little bit of a setback when our son started getting several like negative reports from school about his behavior. Um, and the school said that they, they requested that we get an evaluation and they wanted someone to come and observe his behavior and, 
he, you know, had been pushing kids, I think, and tantruming at school hitting. and hitting and just yeah. different things that, you know, on and off we, we experienced at home, but it had never translated to school. Until then, yeah. Um, yeah. And so they kind of, you know, they didn't straight out say that he wouldn't be welcome, but they said, you know, if this doesn't change, like if we, um, you know, we would hate to have to tell you it's not working out for him to be here and, you know, that kind of language. And so we got a little bit concerned about that and <laughs> didn't really know what to do. So yeah, we reached out to you guys, as you know, um, and hopped on a call right away. So thank you again for that. We got on a call within a day or two, I think. And um, I knew together we would, you know, figure out the next steps and things. And Tyler explained to us that it was really important to eliminate any biological factors that um, might be getting in the way. And I think that was really eye-opening to us. That was eye-opening to me as his mm -hmm. wife. Like, <laughs> Alan, like, I'm like, wow, Callan's being so crabby right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. He hasn't pooped in 48 hours. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> that was eye-opening yeah. to me. So, yeah, I, I love that you're talking about that. That's really Yeah, awesome. and it just makes sense. And, you know, speaking of pooping, you know, without – if Otto listens to this one day, I don't want to embarrass him too much. So we'll just say, like, we, that was the thing we needed to work out. And so yeah. – Digestion. Um, yeah. Digestion. And so, yeah, Tyler kind of asked, like, what was our intuition about it? And we kind of brought up this fact that, you know, they're – digestion is a little bit of a tricky thing with him yeah so Tyler and it always kind of has been I think it might be like a little anxiety you know he might have some anxiety kind of things yeah but anyway so Tyler gave us like some concrete ideas like switching to almond milk and you know kind of limiting the dairy um, increasing water and like measuring even how much he drinks and gave us like a goal for him to drink and I have to tell you almost immediately, like both things got better, the behavior and the digestion too. So. Yeah, I know that is, that was like mind blowing to me. I think we followed up maybe 10 days later or something and it was like, oh yeah, things are, things are going better now. I mean, it is amazing to me. I think, um, when he is a BCBA, they, I'm going to try to channel this as best as I can the way that he explained it to me. And I think he explained it to you guys too, is before you can start addressing the behavior at hand, you have to first uh, um, eliminate any biological factors. Like mm -hmm. if they're not sleeping at night and they're getting up every hour, like, okay, what's a biological factor there? Oh, they're watching TV for, they're watching a whole movie before they go to bed and they're eating Sour Patch Kids. Okay. So there, maybe it's like the screen time or right. maybe they're in a growth spurt or like you said, like maybe there's some digestion issues going on there as well. Um, or maybe they're not feeling good. So there's just, I, I loved learning that even alongside of you guys about the biological factors before you start shaping the behavior. Yeah. So it I took away a lot from that too. Sense. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And I think the other thing with December was it, we realized too with sleep was um, we yeah. were going to a lot of like holiday parties and things like that. Oh yeah. So a few nights a week for most of December, he was going to bed, you know, two to three hours later than normal. Just thrown yeah. way out of his routine. And he's, he seems to thrive with a good sleep routine and, and then really struggles when, when he's thrown <laughs> out of that. So that's, that was something for us to continue to be mindful of going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, 
Tyler and I are pretty flexible people. And I think you guys are too. Like, oh, it's a holiday party. Great. I'm just not going to go to bed on time. And I'm going to be flexible with what I eat and stray away from my diet. And like, I like to think that we're pretty flexible people as you are too. But guess what? A lot of times our kids aren't. Like kids thrive. (laughs) Kids thrive on structure as much as I want to be like, oh yeah, our kids are super go with the flow. And like, yeah, they go to bed at 10 p.m. And they really aren't. They really aren't. Yeah, they do. And then we pay for it the next day. Exactly. (laughs) Particularly with Otto. I think Livy can be more flexible on some of that stuff, but Otto really seems to, you know, to set him him up for success, he needs that that routine, that regimen of the regular order stuff. So yeah, holiday holiday confusion also fed into some of that, um, some of those behavior issues that we were having at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you're at like a friend's, we're at like a friend's party or something. It's like, ah, it's eight o'clock. Sorry guys, we got to go. And I feel like people that don't have kids are like, come on, can't the kids stay up? And I'm like, ah, yeah, they could, but it's going to be a really <laughs> up day for me tomorrow. Yeah. Do you, you want to come and watch them tomorrow morning? Cause yeah. we'll gladly stay. Yes. Or 10 o'clock, 10 AM. It becomes like, oh, we can't put them down for a nap. And it's kind of too early to watch a three hour movie, but yeah. Um, so talk to me, Chrissy, a little bit about your work in schools and what you do and kind of how, how all of this kind of ties together in, you know, how you teach and management and instruction and all of that. Yeah. So I'm a former middle school math teacher and math coach. Um, and so now that I'm starting my own business, my goal is to support middle and high school math teachers, um, maybe elementary. I'm still kind of working out the details, but middle school is definitely the, my background. Um, But who are working in like under-resourced schools? I'm not sure the best way to describe it actually, but just schools where, you know, um, students need more support than, than they're getting. And, um, and there's a lot of like unfinished learning. So students who are, you know, missing some skills from previous grade levels and things like that. And so I work with teachers to help them create a strong classroom community and improve teaching and learning and then find ways to support the students who need extra support. I love that. Um, Yeah. So I will say like, I, it's interesting because I had one idea of what I wanted uh, to work on with people. And I was kind of thinking that I was going to stay away from classroom management because uh, I don't know. It's kind of a sticky, it's kind of a hard topic, but A few things happened recently, and I would say, like, between the work with you guys and then um, because of Otto's challenges at schools, we went to some parenting classes, and some of the things we learned there, I I feel like it kind of all came together in a way where I was working with a few teachers one-on-one this spring, and I found myself sharing the strategies with them. So sharing, you know, the idea of pivot praise and sharing – just the idea of positive reinforcement first, you know, and, and kind of that ratio of how much positive reinforcement you want to do before the redirections and that kind of thing. And so I've just, I feel really more confident actually including some of that in my work with teachers now too. So I'm going to do the whole shebang of like, how do you help get the classroom community in order and, and have that classroom management? And then what are the strong math teaching practices that you want to have in order to help all the all students learn. 
I love that. I feel like we do have a lot of people that work currently in schools right now, whether they are a teacher or they're a teacher's aide or they maybe are a BCBA that are working in a school right now. I know that two of our listeners are vice principals um, in school districts right now too. So I feel like your help, even especially in this time that we're in right now where everything is online, I -hmm. think that like your help can be so you can help anybody really around the United States, maybe the world, you know, with their classroom management, kind of like you talked about and working with any type of middle school um, math teacher in any under-resourced school all over. It's not just you go into the school. Now you can do Zoom conferencing. You can do a webinar for other people. You can, you know, have a Facebook group where everybody supports each other. I mean, I feel like although COVID is hard right now for all of us with our kids at home and, you know, Dan's now your new business partner and you guys are working through it together. I feel Mm -hmm. like you will be able to have a stronger reach because you won't necessarily be going to all the schools now. You will, you can be more virtual, which kind of broadens it even more, which I think is kind of great for you. Absolutely. And even, yeah, it's just proves even more that it's possible. And and even with the teachers I was coaching, I did some in person and then I did a lot of it virtually as well, even having them record some of their lessons. And then I would listen to them and give feedback that way. So it's definitely possible. And um, I would love to to help anyone who needs help with that. So (laughs) yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, Tyler and I really loved working with you and Dan and, you know, obviously I continue to love our friendship and we still talk all the time. So it's been really great. I do um, want to ask though, how can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find you if they're interested? Yeah. So the best way to see what's going on and get in touch with us is to go to our website, which is www.mindfulmathcoach.com and, um, and, or email me directly at Chrissy at mindfulmathcoach.com and Chrissy's with a C-H-R-I-S-S-Y. I love that. And I will put both of those resources um, in our show notes too for anybody that's wanting to check it out. And then I'll have the website linked so you can directly um, talk to Chrissy there as well. Um, So Tyler and I, to transition here, are going to have a course that's really going to break down everything for you as the listener nicely at a fraction of the cost of what it costs to work one-on-one with us. And if anybody is interested in this and wants to get on the wait list, I'm going to also pop that in the show notes so you'll be able to be one of the first to purchase. And the first 10 people will get an extra special um, coaching call in addition to buying um, the course with us. So Again, if you want to be one of the first people to know when that goes live, that will be directly in the show notes as well. Um, Is there anything else, Dan or Chrissy, that you guys wanted to say to our listeners at all before we head out? I don't think so. Not on my end. Just thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah. I think just another chance to express our gratitude to to you and uh, Tyler for the the help that you provided us and our family. It's, It's truly appreciated. Oh, that was so sweet. I love that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. And thanks for being on Behavior Buff. And we'll likely have you on again, for sure. All right. (laughs) We love it. Our pleasure.